You're listening to the County Life Podcast with Chris Ridgway and Martin Johnston. Start the podcast as ever with Chris's weekly interview with County Manager Jim Gannon. Jim, a tough defeat on the road. Uh, could have been to just talk us through your thoughts. Um, it was always going to be a tough game. Um, the game started off... Um, with great energy, it was a perfect night for football, and it was a, a great game of football. But unfortunately, um, we just those little bits that have been perhaps missing in recent games uh, came to the fore, and um, disappointed to to put ourselves where we had to constantly chase the game. And um, unfortunately, we just didn't have enough to get back in the game against a, what was a good Kidderminster Kid- side. Of course, this week there's two games to look back on. There was the positive result at North Ferriby, which kept the winning run going. Just break down that now. That game now, the, the dust has settled a little bit. They they are bottom of the league. They were relegated, but they they made an account of themselves, and it wasn't just a walk in the park. Well, the the, the previous um, Ferriby's two previous home games, they got a credible draw against Salford and beat Blythe one nil. Um, so, um, despite the 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 their woes in the, the league position, I think we had to be mindful that on the day they've. They've got enough about themselves to to be competitive and score goals. So, um, you know, they, they they pinched a goal, which was disappointing from our perspective. But we did enough um, in the early parts of the game and throughout the ninety minutes to deserve the win. And um, it, you know, on paper, it was a, a very good result. Kept the wrong goal, consolidate our position in the playoffs. And um, um, you know, we're really pleased with the run. Uh, we always knew then that the, the little bits that fatigued, a little bit of mental tiredness that's creeping into the game was always going to be difficult to overcome if we we shown similar against Kidderminster, which was the case. Now that run has come to an end, does that take a little bit of pressure away from you going into this final playoff run that people aren't talking about? Can we make it eight games, nine games? The run can start again. There's no focus on that. We can just get back to focusing on the 11v11 on the day. No, well, all we've ever been mindful of is taking one game at a time and just trying to get the maximum out of it. You know, um, you know, deserve a result or or take out of the game the result that we can take out of it. And um, I think uh, uh, my experience of being on the good runs, um, you know, whether it be the nine nine in a row, um, eight wins away from home, loads of other different records we've been on. Uh, you have to be careful when it comes to an end because it can flatten players you know emotionally because um, normally when you go on a good run there's just adrenaline there's just emotion involved with it uh, that keeps people right at the top of the game and um, and when that energy is released sometimes you can have a you know not only one defeat but you can have another defeat uh, I think the last time we had five in a row we uh, sending off affected our next result but then we lost the next game so what we have to be mindful of is making sure that we have the right physical and mental energy come Saturday to ensure that we were positive and get back to winning ways does it give you a chance as well, I guess, to, to reevaluate your squad? It's it's hard to change the eleven when you're winning game after game and every player's merited the right to be on there. But now now the winning runs come to an end, do you do you reassess? Um you're always assessing and reassessing. Um um I think it was it's been very easy and very hard for me to pick the team. Um easy in the sense of that if the team keeps winning it picks itself. And if I spoke to anybody, they'd all want to keep the shirt and not be rested. It's hard also knowing that under that pressure to play the same team in a game where I feel perhaps that team might not be best suited to get a result, such as Kidderminster away, or a change of formation or changing one player to, to tighten the soap or, um But it's difficult to make that call in that environment, um, especially if you don't have all the squad together 
for a prep day before the game, which we didn't have for the Kidderminster match. Um, so we've learned a few lessons from that. And that's where I think now we have to be strong uh, and make decisions that are in the best interest of not keeping those that are in the team happy, but playing the best 11 and having the best available players on the bench to make a difference. And I think that's uh, going to be key uh, come Saturday in terms of realigning the energy of everybody within the group to get a result. One positive or one one positive way of looking at the defeat, shall we say, is I remember earlier this season and last season when we were speaking about Stockport County's bid to get into the playoffs, we were saying it was a nice place to be just outside the playoffs because it kept us snapping, it kept us something to fight for. Now we're trying to get into this fourth and fifth spot rather than sixth and seventh. And a defeat to Kidderminster means we've still got to chase that, we've still got to snap at the tail. So even though County do look quite comfortable in those playoff spots at the moment, is there still that snappiness? We've still got to try and get the result to shore up fourth or fifth. Um, of course, we've got to be mindful of making sure we pick up um, as, as many points as it needs to be in the playoffs. That's the first target. As many points as it needs to be fifth, as many points as it, we can get to put pressure on being fourth. I think it'd be very difficult this stage to see uh, anybody catching uh, top three. Um, but from our perspective, is that we've just got to get back to winning ways, keep the distance from the teams below us. Um, they've all got to play each other whether it be Spinnymore, Kenneminster, Chorley, Blythe, uh, we've got to play Chorley. So there's a lot of twists and turns yet. But the main thing for us is to, is to not say we'd be happy with this spot or we, we're aiming for this spot. Um, I think we've still got to keep our eyes wide open for fourth. Uh, the higher up we are in the players, I think, the better in terms of not, not the first game, not the second game, but potentially um, in terms of the opponents we have in the... Um, what they call the elimination round, and then also the, 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 the more probability of being at home in the final should should results go in a certain fashion. So a lot of twists and turns, but I think the only way, because there's so many permutations, so many things, and, and there will be a dangerous mindset that because Kidderminster beat us, that we're probably thinking about settling for uh, fifth. Um, but I, I think that what we've got to do is just go into the next game, get maximum points, um, we look after our own business, pick up the maximum points we can, finish as high as we can, we'll have no regrets. Um, then we'll be looking at where we stand in the grouping of the playoffs um, and making sure that we, we're well equipped to do well in the playoffs because one of the things I'm mindful of is not just getting in the playoffs but but being learning and learning and improving all the time to make sure that whatever things that have caught us at Kidderminster away or Brackley away or Harrogate away, uh, don't undo us again. So we've got lots of work to be done in not just getting in the playoffs and consolidating there, but making sure that we've got all the right tools to be successful in the playoffs. It's worth noting that at the time we're speaking now, there's two games going on tonight. We'll speak about the Telford game in just a moment as they're the opponents for the weekend. But let's start by saying it's spending more Brackley as it stood at the start of this piece. Brackley were two goals to the good. Do you keep an eye on the other games in the division now when we're getting to this stage, see what Spennymore are doing, see what Blythe, see what Chorley, anybody else around us? Do you, do you keep an active eye on their their scores? No, I keep an eye on, on both ends of the table. Um, you're always keen to to see who's scoring, what way results are going. Um, you know, uh, I, I spend a lot of time at home studying the opposition, um, not just the next opponents, but maybe the ones a couple of weeks ahead. Um, we, we're turning an, an eye to all the teams that are in the playoff picture to see how they're doing, um, you know, because you don't want to be just turning your eye to them come Monday with the playoff match. Um, that was always going to be a tough game for spending more. Um, I think despite them having home fixtures to catch up, but when you look at those home fixtures being the likes of 
Brackley at home, Kidderminster at home, Darlington at home, then it just reminds you that there's a lot of work to be done for them to consolidate themselves in the playoffs. But we can't take anything for granted. Um, with a bit of luck, if we keep winning our games, hopefully spending more beat Kidderminster. So, like I said, it's going to be loads of twists and turns, but uh, tonight's results won't be unexpected. Um, you know, coming on to the Telford game, if they get a result tonight, uh, does that take a little bit of pressure off them getting a positive result here, going for a win here? Uh, so it, it can change their mentality come to Edgy Park. They might be happy with a point rather than chasing free. So all, all these things have a factor in terms of how we approach and how we feel the opposition will approach our games. Let's speak about Telf <coughs> Telford then. They're sh certainly showing they've got fight. You know, the, at the beginning of this interview, they were 3-2 up, having come from behind. So they've obviously got fight in them. They've shown that in recent weeks as well. It might finish differently, of course, but... They've certainly shown that there's character in there and we're going to have to be wary of them on Saturday. Yeah, but again, a little bit like Tamworth, when you think of what they've done in this division and where they were at the start of the season and the players they have, you think, how are they down there? Um, and the same with Telford. I mean, it's been big changes at Telford. Uh, it's a fantastic club, uh, well-structured. Uh, they brought Rob Edwards in. They brought a lot of full-time players in. They brought some quality in. Um, and for them to be chasing a result at home to Leamington to get out the bottom three is um, at this stage of the season is um, it's a surprise um, um, obviously this result they beat Spenmore recently they've beaten us at their place they obviously know how to get results um, at, at Telford um, the problem for them I think has been the overall performance away from home in terms of picking up points so um, and, and the, added, the added problem for teams like Telford is, is having to play games on a Thursday and then go away on a Saturday so um, but we can't take that. Um, it's different than the Leamington game. Leamington, part-time side, travelling to Spenny Moor, coming, getting home at three o'clock in the morning, Friday morning, going to work on a Friday and then coming up here on a Saturday. I mean, Telford were at home tonight. They'd be in their beds at a reasonable time. They're a full-time side. They'd be in on Friday morning. They'd be uh, dusting themselves down and preparing for our game. So it's going to be a different challenge and uh, we know we're going to be in for a tough competitive game. They're going to make it difficult for us. Um, they generally play a 4-4-2, which brings all the strengths of that system in terms of a, a two-man attack, but also the weaknesses, as we've seen with Tel, uh, Tamworth when they came here. So it'd be interesting to see how they set up, but it's going to be a tough game for us, and what we have to do is, is just be as professional as we have in the last uh, three or four home games and make sure we take the game to them and that uh, we are in, in different than Tuesday night in the sense of always in the front and always having the control of the game. And if we can do that, then... We'll be hopefully sat Saturday evening um, in a very strong position for the playoffs. You've been with the lads in training tonight. Before we speak about them physically and how they're looking going into the games on Saturday, you mentioned how hard it can be sometimes to to see a, a winning run halted. How were the lads emotionally tonight? Are they all okay? Are they bouncing around off the walls waiting for the next game, or or what mentality is going around the squad? A little bit of everything, really. Um, obviously, we've we've picked up a couple of injuries on Tuesday night, some knocks. We have to be mindful of their impact on the players. Um, percentage of fitness um, we had some lads that you'd expect to be tired were bouncing onto training ground and you've got lads who've not been playing coming in from a tough day's work so um, we, we, I spoke with several of the players over the Wednesday just about how they were feeling and how the, the minds were especially the players who were not in and around the first team I think it's really important to see what they're thinking and, and how we can help them get back to their best because these players are going to be important to us um, spoke with all the staff about the, the psychological and the physical needs of the players over this next 48 hours in terms of you know how they're going to 
cope with the defeat? How 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 is this run taking its toll on them? I can see aspects of fatigue in their performance at Ferriby and Kidderminster. Uh, at what point do we make them changes and uh, for the benefit of the side? So, but all the time you're, you're conscious of having those your own thoughts and waiting for Thursday night to see how people train, see how they react. And um, there's lots of players there that I felt that I was a bit worried about and have no fears about them. And there's other players that I'm conscious that they might be a little bit tired physically or mentally, and that um, you know maybe maybe a couple of changes might be to the to the benefit. Of the team and also to benefit those players who've had a lot of minutes and a lot of football and we're going to need them at the best come Chorley way and Blythe away. Is this where having a deep squad kind of bears fruit? You've got Sam Walker to come back, Sam Minahan to come back. We are speaking before, players who've been on the bench recently who have been first-teamers in the past. He likes of Chris Smalley and, uh, and Steve O'Halloran. You've got a lot of players who you can call in who will be completely fresh. Is this where it's bearing its fruit now, having the deep squad? Um, I, think, I think having a fully fit squad, I mean... We've had um, a little bit of imbalances during the season, but when we look at the options, especially defensively and in midfield, they're great. Um, you know, Smalley didn't put a foot wrong. I was in some great run of form until he had his back injury, which allowed Michael Clark to come in, and he's done great. Um, and, and, you know, great credit to Smalls and Clarkey and Harry Winter. They've been working really hard away from the club in terms of improving their strength, losing weight, you know, retaining the power and their jumping ability. And it, start, it shows in their recent performances so I've no fears if Smalley was needed I've no fears with Stephen O'Hanlon his attitude's been fantastic and if Scott Duxbury's um, struggling with um, you know knocks he picked up on Tuesday well he picked up one on Sun Saturday and he brought that into Tuesday and picked up another one um, Ian Ormson's been fantastic in training Paul Turnbull's working his way up to uh, more than 45 maybe 60 minutes so he's 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 itching for a start um, so that you know Darren Stevenson uh, with we know he's got more than he's shown at the moment and how do we get that? Is it a start? Is it giving him the confidence to go and express himself in games and, and play a part? So you've mentioned Sam Minahan. He was back in the 16, sorry, the 17, 18-man uh, squad for Tuesday, but I couldn't justify putting him on the bench ahead of other lads who've been uh, in, in a great run of form and fitness. So unfortunately with Sam Walker, I think he, he pulled his hamstring in his last game for um, Curzon, came off. So... Uh, though his loan's due to, to finish soon, we may may well have to wait a week or two to see where, how he stands. But fortunately, with no holes in the squad at the moment, needing Sam Walker's presence. Um, but it's nice to have Sim, Sam Minahan back. He's, he's, a, he's a great character and he's, he's chomping at the bit to be a part of it. So um, that 17-18 man squad as it currently stands is, is as good as we're going to get at this stage of the season. And to have all of those 18 players... Um, albeit for one player with a knock here and there, all fully fit, going into the last three or four weeks of this season. It's a fantastic position to be in. Um, and it's far better position than we were in last year when all those players we signed, you know, Kane Felix, Connor Hampson, Harry Winter, Stefan Gonzalez, all those players we brought in to strengthen the squad all weren't available for the final games. And we were calling on players who were non-contract or from lower leagues. So uh, I think we're in a far better position now. And... Um, I'm, I'm trusting that the, the quality of the squad will shine through in the next uh, three games because they're, they're massive games, uh, three big games, uh, home game, two away games in the space of eight days that could seal our playoff position. I think everybody's got a part to play in that. Well, you, you touched on it there, Jim. Just finally, how big a game is this on Saturday? It's massive in, in terms of um, you know our home form. Um, we weren't one an upturn in our home form this season. I think... Um, I think we only need one point to beat our best record at this level. So we've got two home games to make sure we do that. 
Um, we've obviously had a disappointing defeat and we want to show people that was um, credit to Kidderminster rather than a discredit to ourselves. And we want to get back to winning ways and have seven wins and eight. Uh, Telford will be no pushover and they'll be determined to pick up points and make it difficult for us. Uh, so it's a huge, huge game in terms of just getting back into the groove and getting everybody positive and believing again. And then that will set us up nicely, really, for, for two tough away games. But um, six points at home in the next two home matches is, is going to be massive and very important. Um, but one game at a time, and it's getting maximum points and goals that we can against Telford and then see where we stand on Saturday evening. Jim, thanks very much. All the best for Saturday. Thanks so much. Right, Chris, here we are. Um, we're in my kitchen. All four of us. All four of us. We've got two dogs, so there might be the odd bark on this podcast, but we like a bit of that atmosphere. If I get distracted, it's because I'm playing with the dogs. I've got, as you can see, they're, they're all over me. And if there's barking, then you know why it's not, because Chris is barking mad. <laughs> Although, we're you... coming off the back of uh, tough defeat to Kidderminster. Um, how did you see that? Were, were County ever really in that game? It seemed to get away from them very quickly. They, they were in it. Stockport County were in the game. It'd be unfair to say that they were mauled. Um, but at the same time, Kidderminster were the stronger team throughout, and that could be that could be down to uh, fatigue from a, a long winning run, or it could be down to the skill set of the two sets of players, or it could be a little bit of both. Um, credit where credit's due, Kidderminster. We've said earlier in the season. They've been capable of playing the best football we've seen all year. Um, and they, they, they proved it again on Tuesday. They proved that they are a very, very good team. And if we're to face them in the playoffs at any point, they're going to provide a very stern test. Well, this is my, this is my concern. It's not a concern, really, but this is, this is my question. Uh, yeah, you know, a bit of fatigue, maybe, especially as it, it played the same team three times in a row. Yeah, yeah. Exactly the same team. Um, you know, a tough time of this, in the season anyway, coming off a lot of wins, so that's a lot of mental toughness there. So that that's a factor, but getting to the playoffs, have to play Kidderminster again, can you see us beating them? Yes, I, I don't fear anybody. There's no reason for us to look at any team, and that's, that includes Brackley and Kidderminster and Harrogate. I don't think there's any reason for us to look at them and think, blimey, they're, they're impressive. I spoke to somebody at the ground on Tuesday at Kidderminster, and they said, if Kidderminster are playing like this, how they if, if they're capable of playing like this, how have they been beaten at any point this season? And I mentioned that to one of their media guys on the way out, and he said, yeah, but you didn't see us against Boston or Bradford. You didn't see us. So every team, including Stockport County, are capable of playing anybody off the park, and they're capable of not showing up. Um, so there's no reason why we can't go and beat Kidderminster in the playoffs or Brackley or anybody else uh, especially when we've got a tactician like Jim Gannon, a goal scorer like Jason Oswell, a goal scorer like Matty Warburton, a goalkeeper like Ben Hinchley. A goal scorer like Jimmy Ball. A goal scorer like Jimmy Ball. So, yeah, I, I, it doesn't it doesn't phase me. Uh, our buddy John Kieran said before the game, old Jonky, said um, he, in some ways it would be good to lose this because it takes the focus off the, the, the winning run. I remember when Neil Young had the same thing when... He went on a winning run at the start of the season for us, and then when it when it when that run was ended, he said, "Well, a little, in a way, a little bit of pressure has been taken off me now because we stopped talking about it." So, 
yeah, the answer to your question, um, we, we can beat Kidderminster, we can beat Harrogate, we can beat whoever you put in front of us. We're there on merit when it comes down to it at the end of the season. Um, and I would, I would back Stockport County any day of the week. He's a wise old head, John, and that's a very intelligent thing to say because what happens in that situation is the run overtakes your real priority. And the priority is the playoffs. Yes. You know, the priority is not to keep winning. The priority is not to have a, you know, break records. The priority is to get in the playoffs. So, yeah, they don't need to worry about that anymore. They don't need to, you know, it's not really, a, never a monkey on the back. They don't need to worry about that. It's just focus on the playoffs. Well, I think you can get caught up in it. And I know this is a world apart in terms of uh, what it means to the clubs and whatever. But you look at Barcelona midweek, absolutely capitulating against uh, a good Roma team, but a team that they should be handling. Uh, and you look at how that defeat happened and then you look at what's going on in the league and they're trying to emulate this invincible status where they go all season without being beaten and you find out they're playing the full team against minnows, you know, the, the, the bottom end of La Liga where other teams would rest their stamina and they're playing them to ensure the wins. And it comes to your big game and you burn out. So I think, like you say, and like John Key said the, the, the other week, um, take, that, take that away, take that, that talk of right, it's now seven wins, let's get eight, right, it's now eight wins, let's get nine, so on and so forth, and let's just focus on finishing as high up in the playoffs as we can. Third's probably out of reach, but fourth is a realistic ambition, especially uh, if Spennymore continue to drop points. Yeah, and you, you you know, we've talked about it before, but, you know, Spennymore's, the games they've had called off and, you know, the situation there, and you've got to feel sorry for them, and they have been a revelation, you know, they do... They deserve, wherever they end up this season, you know, they deserve a lot of plaudits. So I'll just say that about Spennymore. But, so Jim, so I caught the end of your uh, interview with Jim and he was saying he was focused very much on six home points from the next two home games. Yeah. That seems to be a target that's there on the wall. That's what the players are aiming for. Yeah, and, and they should be. Uh, you talk about Spennymore. Spennymore have gone from being something like a point behind us with four in hand. They've lost again tonight. Uh, so they're now four points behind us with two games in hand. So they're in a position where they have to win both of their two in hand to overtake Stockport County. And as Danny Bagari used to say, you'd rather have the points in the bag than the games in the hand. Um, I would rather be in Stockport County's position now than spending more. And if we can win those two games in hand, then you look at Kidderminster, who we've got to overtake. Uh, so if you look at the two games at home, should I say, rather than in a hand, you look at Kidderminster, who we're looking to overtake, and you think, well, they they've still got spenny more to come. You know, they they've still got some tough, tough fixtures themselves, where they could feasibly drop points. So it's all to play for. It's all in the the weird and wonderful world of um, permutations, um, and we we've just got to take care of our own business um, rather than worry too much about what everybody else is doing. Yeah, absolutely. So before we kind of look ahead uh, specifically to Telford um, on Saturday. Who um, who was your man of the match? Who who was your well? We we're talking about we've got two games to cover, pick two. over. So who who was your player of the week? Yeah, we've got we've got a couple of games um, to pick over, and and for me, it's got to be the player of the week. It's got to be Matty Warburton, simply for the stunning free kick uh, against Ferriby that I've watched over and over and over again uh, from the county Facebook page and YouTube channel uh, that Dan Powell filmed, and we're very thankful for him. Uh, thankful to him for filming that. Um, that stunning, it was a stunning free kick. It was a really, really good free kick. Um, and uh, Quite incredible at this level, really. 
Yeah. You know, for a, a for a PE teacher. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd like to see some of my PE teachers. Exactly. That, you know. If if that's uh, if that's Diabala or if yeah. that's uh, you know Neymar, then it's then it's all over. It's trending for a week. You know, it's um, uh, so huge credit to Matthew Warburton, um, and he, he will uh, he'll enjoy watching that back in, in for, for many years to come. Indeed, because of Dan Powell, he'll have that forever. Because of Dan Powell, thanks to Dan Powell. Thanks to Dan. I'm sure Matty Warburton's thankful to Dan Powell as well. <laughs> I think he has been every single day since. <laughs> so we're looking forward to Telford. Um, you probably listen to this on Friday, so it'll be f- it'll be tomorrow live on Imagine FM. We'll, uh, Matthew and and you'll be be on that one. But um, how do you see that playing out? Uh, with Telford getting the win tonight, which I think they did, uh, they were certainly winning um, just before I, 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 I got into the interview with Jim. Um, they can they can almost see tonight as a little bit of a freebie. Um, I'm sure the players won't have that mentality, but the manager probably will. Um, for him, that's uh, almost not quite, but almost job done in terms of safety. You look at teams like Alfreton now, uh, Tamworth, who have who have got much bigger worries on the shoulders. So. For Telford, really, it's probably come with a don't-lose attitude rather with a, than a must-win. So they'll be tired after tonight, but they've played a Thursday night and they've got to go and play a Saturday now. For me, there's tired legs and there's not a crucial need to win. They'll probably be happy to lock up and, and go for that point, which puts the emphasis on Stockport County, which you would hope, um, you know, when you look at the quality through our squad, starting in the midfield with Jimmy Ball, you look on the flanks, be it O'Halloran or Duxbury or Cowan or Adam Thomas, moving up to the, the, the goal scorers up front. There's enough talent in that, I think, to carve open uh, a team like Telford. That being said, they proved us wrong last season. They got a draw here that I think really derailed County's playoff push last year. They frustrated us over in Telford earlier in the season, so they're capable of doing it again. But for me, I'd like to see County stick one on them uh, and then focus on the next game. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I always like to kind of weigh it up and have a look at the other side of things. So if you're looking at the negative side of the, the scales, you're coming off the back of a, a loss. Do you play that same side again? Is that side tired? And then, yes, you have got the Telford. Um, you know, they, they've done it to us before. So there are a few, you know, it's not going to be a straightforward. It's no. not going to be a cakewalk. And, you know, how do they face that? I, th- I think he'll. I think he'll take the opportunity to to freshen things up now. I think the manager is always under a little bit of pressure when we're on a winning run because, whereas he might want to change his team, if he does and then we lose, the question always falls back on why did you change your winning team? Whereas now he has the opportunity if he thinks of certain players who are carrying a couple knocks, maybe tiring out a little bit, or on the other side of that coin, you've got fit, fresh players who are absolutely chomping, banging on his door every week. Now is the opportunity to recycle his squad a little bit, keep the tired players, um, you know, out the limelight for a couple of weeks in the build-up to a playoff campaign that is now looking pretty certain. But it's it's hard to you know you could see there's every reason to play the same team again. I mean, you look at how well Adam Thomas is doing; he's always done. Yeah. Dan Cowan, you look at you know winter now is winter in brackets bully. Yeah. You know, that seems to be the pattern. You know, Harry Winter can really go for it now and impose himself on a game because, you know, the, the manager knows that he's got a good 15, 20 minutes from Turnbull to yeah. come if he needs to. And that yeah. seems to be a pattern. 
and it's working really well with Jimmy Ball going down the middle and the, the front three, it doesn't happen much. They can kind of rotate across that front three. So yeah. you can see there's every reason why, you know, the, the, the spine, the, the, you know, the main team there shouldn't change. But as, but as you say, the, there's, there's a legs issue as well. Yeah, there is. I, I, in that case, it probably means that it will fall somewhere in the middle. We won't see a complete overhaul, but we won't see a complete rigid not changing anything. For me, if that's what I would probably think of doing if I was the gaffer. Um, I'm sure that's what he'll do. He'll want to get ahead of a playoff campaign that, that we do like we're going to now. He'll also want to get players who have not been playing as much, some sharpness. Your likes of Stevenson, your likes of Turnbull, your likes of Minihan. Um, maybe even Chris Smalley in that mix, Stephen O'Halloran, they've not been playing now for a little while and we, we could need them at any given moment. Um, maybe even Bowan Dixon, is it too far gone for Bowan? I'm not sure. Um, but Jim's going to need his whole squad. Um, he alluded that Sam Walker's picked up a little bit of a strain in his final game at Curzon, uh, so he could be out for a couple of weeks. So, I, yeah, I think I think we will see a little bit of rotation, but like you say, not a, not a wholesale yeah, you can. I, want, I feel really sorry for Sam in the end, so I, I personally hope he does start on Saturday because he will be absolutely jumping at the bit. Yeah, you know, and for somebody, it's amazing when because he was on co-commentary last week. He's such a nice kind of straightforward lad. Plays with such a straight bat, um, and then you see him on the pitch. You know, this whirlwind, <laughs> this like never say die, shouting, running up and down, the whirlwind. It's, it's quite incredible. So personally, I hope Sam gets again. Yeah, me too, and. Um... He's a good kid. He's a he's a good energy around the club as well. I've been in the gym with him a few times, and um, he's uh, he's just a good guy to be around. And I'm sure that that energy, you know, it'll it'll translate into the into the squad and into the other players. And who's your microscope out for? Who you who you want to watch for this week? It's probably going to be the same answer if we're honest. Uh, from now until the end of the season, Jason Oswell is the man leading the charge into the playoffs. It has to the focus has to fall on that man's shoulders. I don't want to. Put him under too much pressure. He's got he's got some great colleagues around him, uh, who've also got just as important a job to do. We need Ben Hinchliffe and Ian Ormson keeping clean sheets. We need Michael Clark and Smalley and Start and all the rest of them marshalling. We need everybody doing the jobs. But ultimately, the strikers get the headlines. Um, so he's going to be under the microscope along with Warbs, along with um, Reese Turner. They're, they're all there. Um, but Jason is is got the number nine, and he's in in a classic striker's position, really, in terms of you know his goals will count a lot. He scored a lot for County this season, probably even more than we even expected from him. At, but he's done that classic thing of he's had the barren spell at the right time. He's come through it, and you know he seems set up. So that's the classic position that you would want your main striker to be in going mm. into the playoffs. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly that. Um, he he will know now that he's probably hit the targets he set out for. But if you're him, why not add another five goals onto your tally now? You know why not set yourself a new target if you've broken that one? If your target was thirty and you've hit that, go for thirty-five. You know it's not beyond the realms of possibility. You can you can do that and get a hat trick in a game maybe or something. Who knows what we're talking? So um, yeah, credit to him. Let's see him take his chances now and. Uh, uh, and if he can say in his first season he led Stockport County into the playoffs, then it, it makes for a, an excellent story for him to look back on. Chris, thanks. You can take one of the dogs with you. You're taking Dusty or Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, I, oh, that's a hell of a decision. 